Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. So if you have your Bibles, open them with me to Matthew chapter 24. And as you do say this with me today, I receive the Word of God to profit me, reproof me, convict me, and instruct me to righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You quoted 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. We do want to just take a special moment right now, Vicki and I, and let you know how much and how grateful we are for Pastor's Appreciation Offering that you received for us last week. And uh, we're just so very, very thankful. And we often say, you know, pretty much almost weekly, if not daily, that we are blessed to pastor the greatest people in the whole world. And and that's you. And we just want to say from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for every gift and every prayer. We, we really do deeply appreciate that. Also, for those who are going to Israel, I have no information for you because March is a few months off. So I don't have really any information to tell you at this particular time. Um, you know, so just keep your faith out there that uh, all the things that are going on in Israel be resolved. And, and we'll go right on time as scheduled. Amen. And so that's, what's, that's what we're planning on doing. I know that you saw the uh, invitation to invite other people to hear Dr. Jerry Savell. And uh, I just believe that this time, I know he brought, brought a great word last year, you know, for our anniversary. But I just believe that this time is a special message, not for just our church, but for the body of Christ. I have several pastors who are bringing, their, bringing people from their church. Uh, said they're bringing their people from their church to be a part of that. So that's going to be on Wednesday night, and then the following Thursday, the 26th, we will not have service. Just that Thursday, okay? Don't anybody go out here saying pastors canceled Thursday night services. No, just just that Thursday since we're having Brother Jerry on the 25th, and uh, so we, we want you to uh, make sure you can come out and attend that uh, and make it a point to be a, a part of that. Even if you don't come out normally on, on a weeknight, you know, if you, could, if you need to ask for an extra hour off, I, I can almost promise you it'll be worth it, you know, if you need to ask, ask for an extra hour off at work or whatever. Amen? So, glory to God. Have you found Matthew chapter 24? It's on page 871 in case you're wanting to know. Glory to God. You know, every time we submit to God, and when we look at the Word of God, and we look at, uh, and we're led by the Spirit of God, because it tells us in 1 John that God and the Spirit and the Word are one. Every time we submit ourselves to God, which means that we're getting in agreement with God's plan, the Bible says that we resist the devil. That's what James 4, 7 says. People say, well, what is really spiritual warfare all about? You know, well, we've had some glimpses of some things, but really, spiritual warfare is about doing the will of God, submitting yourself, getting in agreement with God, going in the same direction that God's going in. You know, like Pastor Vinky said, you know, we want God on our side. Well, that's important. We do want God on our side, but it's more important that we're on God's side. That's what's more important, that we're, we're in sync with what he's doing and what he is saying. And so here in Matthew uh, chapter 24, Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and the disciples came 
to show him the buildings of the temple. Look at the architect in this build. This is beautiful. This was built at this particular time and, 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 and things like that. But Jesus stopped and said, do you see, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. So immediately, you know, the disciples thought, you know, he's talking about the last days uh, when Israel uh, uh, and, and the things of Israel may be destroyed and, and the last days are coming. So as he sat on Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be? You know, we're always interested, you know, in certain times. You know, how many of you know that Christmas comes December 25th every, every year? So we're, we're, we anticipate, we prepare ourselves. We'd like to prepare ourselves. And the disciples were saying, you know, we want to be prepared for this, Lord. Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said this, Take heed, no one deceives you. Take heed, no one deceives you. You know, one of the things that we're really adamant about here in this ministry, in this church, is, and that is that it has to line up with the Word of God. Amen. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, you know, I'm not all that interested in other people's opinions. I want to know what does the Word say about that situation. It has to line up with the Word of God, knowing the truth. You know, one of the things that the FBI and my father-in-law validated this when I shared this particular story, but one of the things that they do for those who work in counterfeit and, and, and work in the area of, of trying to stop counterfeiting from happening is that they train the FBI's by having them study the real thing over and over and over and over again. And eventually, they'll pass them a fake bill. And the first thing the agent does, he, 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 he takes the bill and he goes, something's not right. Why did he know something wasn't right? Well, because he's been looking at the real thing over and over and over again. He may not be able to exactly identify what it is that's not right right away, but eventually he will. He'll figure out what's wrong with that fake bill. Well, that's the way we need to be with the Word of God. We need to be so in tune in the Word of God and, and reading the Word of God and, and listening to the Word of God because, first of all, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And secondly, it is our standards of living. And as we begin to look and study the Word of God, when someone tries to, you know, give us or get us off track or, 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 or put, put, put blame or fear on us, I guess is the word I'm looking for, or get us in an area that God doesn't want us to be, we immediately go right back to the Word and say, the Word says, the Word says, the Word says, the Word of God says. So take heed that no one deceives you. And this is very, very important because in a minute here, he's going to say, and many will be offended. And one of the things that the Lord showed me about the spirit of offense is that it will often, if someone takes an offense, it will often cause that person to be deceived. They cannot see correctly, especially about the situation they're offended by. But what a lot of people don't realize is that when you take a, an offense, even though it may not be uh, in the church, it may not be you know, at work or whatever, if you take an offense, then you open up your, uh, the door for deception to begin to work in your life. I know a lady who got extremely offended over a president. In fact, they said, I hate that person. And eventually, they got offended with the church. 
Why? Because they left the door open because they were offended with the President of the United States. And it cost them, you know, uh, it, it has hurt their walk with God because they took an offense. You have to guard your heart not to be offended about anything. And as sad as the atrocity that went on in Israel, we still not, cannot take the offense. We have to go on the offense. We have to guard our hearts not to take that offense and not to hate anyone, even though we don't hate people, but we hate the results of what people did. And so we have to guard our hearts. Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come and say, I'm the Christ, and deceive many. And uh, the Lord showed me exactly how that works. And a lot of times you'll hear about certain anointings going on. And sometimes in those particular type situations, you know, the, the word Christ means anointed one. Or, hey, the anointing's over here or the anointing's over there. Listen, if you got to chase the anointing and it's not in your local church, then go find another church. It's in this church, okay? But you don't have to chase the anointing. But why? Because you have the anointed one on you and in you. And so you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Say the end's not yet. So we're going to have to walk through some of these things. And as Jesus said in John 6, he said, you know, be of good cheer. You know, there will be trials and tribulations in the world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome them all as the word of the Lord came, as Pastor Vicky said, but from Brother Hagen and Brother Copeland, you know, for those who are in the household of faith, everything's going to be all right. Okay, so stay plugged in, stay committed. Keep looking to the word of God. Keep looking to God for the answers there. For nations shall rise against nation, and that's really referring to races. And the longest history of racial prejudice is with the Jewish people. Isn't it sad that there's such a great anti-Semitism against 2% of the population of the world? Boy, that's a big threat, isn't it? No, it's not the 2% that people are threatened by. It's the God who raised them up that they're threatened by. And that's why they want to get rid of the Jewish people. And again, if they can get rid of the Jewish people, what you have to understand as a Christian, all of our heritage as a Christian comes from the Jewish people. So if they can get rid of the Jewish people, guess what? Then they can get rid of God and they can get rid of us as Christians. You say, is that possible? Well, only if we, we sit down and do nothing is possible. But thank God we're not of those who sit and do nothing. Where are those who rise, as the Bible says, arise and let your light shine. Let the glory of the Lord be risen upon you. Arise, take your stand, take your seated places in, in heavenly places. So you'll hear of these, nations shall rise against nations and kingdom against kingdoms. And there'll be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. And all these are just the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation, kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended. Many will be offended. That means they've taken the offense. This is where we have to guard our hearts. And as a result of being offended, they'll betray one another. That's what offenses do. What happened to Judas when he took the offense? He betrayed who? 
Jesus, the very one that, you know, you would look at the, 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 the history of Judas working with Jesus for, for a few years, but somehow he took an offense and became a thief and he stole from the treasury. Why? Because offense came in and he betrayed. And that's what happens when people get offended. Once they take an offense, they most, almost ultimately always betray the person they are offended with. And they'll hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, and because of lawlessness is bound, and the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures, say endures. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm one who endures. I'm going to stick this thing out. I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm believing God. I'm going to, I'm going to go for the whole enchilada. I'm going to go for the whole thing. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to back off. I'm not going to sit down, and I'm not going to shut up. Hello, somebody. I'm going for it. I'm going to endure for the whole thing. Don't patty cake. Give God praise in this house. Hallelujah. And as a result of that, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and the end will come. And that word witness, it means to be a demonstrator. It'll, it'll demonstrate. The gospel will be demonstrated throughout the whole world. And I thought, you know, isn't that something that we have satellites around this world, around this earth, and uh, those satellites are beaming to us within just less than a second what's going on over in the Middle East. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that something that that guy got that text at the time that we were praying, and we couldn't quit praying for Israel. We continued to pray for Israel. Pastor Vicki was explaining this. And we continued to pray for Israel. Lynn Hammond said, you know, let's go to America. And she said, no. God won't let me go pray for America. we got to continue to pray for Israel. We continued to pray over Israel in the spirit. Well, how many of you know that our, we, we may not know what we're praying, but God knows what we're praying. And in the spirit realm, we were praying for the enemy to be exposed. And two drones were sent from Syria to Tel Aviv, and they were intercepted. Well, not only were those two drones intercepted, which I, I assume that means they were taken out or, or captured, but then a third drone came, and that was intercepted. Why? Because when you're praying the perfect will of God, you're not only praying for God's protection, but you're also praying for God to expose the plans of the enemy. And so when, when we endure, we're going to see we, 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 we were a testimony. We demonstrated that gospel. And how awesome is that? We live in a world today that the gospel literally can be preached all over the world with signs and wonders. You know, one of the things that was shared with us this particular week, and I've heard it before, you know, and, and, uh, and, and I believe it's true. But, you know, the Bible talks that, that one of the signs of the last days is that the two prophets will be killed, but on the third day they'll be raised, and the whole world will see it. How, what other time could the whole world see it except for now? Because we have satellites. Everybody will see these two prophets in coffins, and they'll see, you know, the, the evil people rejoicing over it. And all of a sudden, they're just going to sit up and say, well, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? You know, they're going to rise up and they're going to continue. And it's going to shake the whole world, you know, and the whole world's going to see it. Nobody's going to be able to deny the resurrection power of God. 
And that's where it's coming to. But you know what? The key is, again, being on God's side and not on the wrong side of this. So, you know, as we begin to pray and we see some of the things that we're seeing, number one, one of the things I want to encourage you is guard your heart not to take offense. Guard your heart not to take offense. This is one of the things that a lot of people don't understand. You know, you, you may get in conversations and you say, well, those poor Palestinians. Yes, those poor Palestinians. Which ones? You know, and they look at you, what do you mean which ones? The Jewish Palestinians or the Arab Palestinians? Because there's Jewish Palestinians. You know, Palestinian is a person who lives in a place they used to call Palestine. How many of you would consider yourself a Missourian? You wouldn't consider yourself an Arizonian? You wouldn't consider yourself a Canadian? You wouldn't consider yourself a Texan? My wife still might, but, you know, you, why not? Because you live where? Well, that's what a Palestinian is, somebody who lived in a place called Palestine at one time. Whether you're Jew, Arab, Christian, Baha, whatever you are, you know, you, if you live there, that's what you are. And this is where people get this thing so confused, those poor Palestinians. Well, there's a lot of rich Palestinians. In fact, they must be pretty rich because they got enough money to bomb the heck out of Israel. Where'd they get that money from? Well, let's not go down that road right now. But nevertheless, they're not poor Palestinians. They're being oppressed by the terrorists. That's the issue we're having. The issue is white and black. We have a group of people who are possessed by the devil called Hamas doing evil work, doing the work of the devil, trying to destroy the work of God. That's what we have. We don't have a Palestinian-Israeli problem. We wouldn't have a, a, a Palestinian-Israeli problem if there weren't any terrorists. And that's their whole purpose to come in. So when people say, well, those poor Palestinians, well, there's a lot of rich Palestinians. And what a lot of people don't know is that there's 750,000 Palestinians who live in Israel and are glad to live in Israel. But because of the terrorists, there's 125,000 Palestinians that go to Israel every day and work. But because of the terrorists, they can't do that today. And so it's the evil terrorists who are stopping God-fearing Palestinians, some of them are Christian, from being able to provide for their own family. And see, this is why it's so important that we get truth. And you know, when the Bible says all things work together for the good of them that love God, finally, finally, even our own president said it, to, uh, said it finally the truth is coming out. Hamas is training their children to hate. It's in their educational system. We've known this for years and years and years where people, no, that's not happening, that's not happening. Finally, it's coming out. Finally, the news media is recognizing this group as an evil terrorist organization. And so now the world knows. We're beginning to understand, you know, there's not really a Palestinian, you know, Israeli problem. There's a terrorist problem. Who in their right mind decapitates children and throws their body in a pile and burns them all in the name of a God? That is insanity. That's not God. That's not civilization. That's demonic. And that's what we're dealing with. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and weaknesses in high places. And the key is for us to submit ourselves to God. And as we submit ourselves to God, we resist the devil. And part of submitting ourselves to God is to take our seat in heavenly places and to begin to declare and call things that be not as though they are. 
And that's what we were doing in the prayer. We were calling things to be not as though they are. We were calling in the spirit realm. We didn't know it at the time, but we were calling in the spirit realm every plan of the evil one to be exposed. And that's how those drones were exposed. We need to take our place. We don't need to be afraid of the devil. In fact, we need to be in a place that we know that the, the devil's afraid of us. The Bible says as we serve God in Deuteronomy, he will put dread and fear on our enemy. And we should have nothing to fear. And don't let fear get in. That's my second point. Don't let fear get in. You know, yes, there are things. Yes, it's been reported that there are probably terrorist cells in America. Yes, these things. But let me tell you something. Begin to speak Psalms 91 over your, over your life, over your home. You know, they that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. I abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge, he's my fortress, and my God in him will I trust. Though the arrow fly by day and pestilence by night, none of these things, say none of these things, none of these things shall come nigh to me. That's what we need to speak. Don't let fear get into your life. Don't let, well, what are we going to do? What if, the, what if this happens to, in America? What, what, you, know, you know what they're saying? You know what they're saying, Pastor? They're saying that someday that we're going to, all the farms are going to dry up and we're going to have to eat bugs someday. Not this man. Uh-uh. I know God's kosher, but, I, you know, if he has to send several pigs to my house so I can have barbecue spare rigs, he will. Glory to God. I don't know how he'll do it, but he'll do it. I like meat. Come on, somebody. Ain't eat no. Not this boy. I'm not eating no bugs. That, not, not in my diet. Uh-uh. No, I'm going to have fresh vegetables. Amen? You know, I don't care if God has to rain down manna. You know? Or broccoli or whatever you like to eat. You know, God's going to provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. And I'm not letting anybody bluff me out or put fear on me to stop me from receiving God's best in my life. Not going to happen. But I can't get into fear. As it says in 2 Timothy 1.3, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. But he's given you a spirit of what? Love. That's, that's, you, got to, you got to continue to walk in love. Continue to walk in love. And of power, he's giving you the spirit of power, dunamis power, creative power. Aren't you created in his ability and his likeness? Absolutely you are. So he's created you. He's, given, he's empowered you for such a time as this. You know, Vicki referred to Esther, you know, and I believe Esther is a type and shadow of, of the church and the king. You know, as Esther boldly went to the, to the throne and said, you know, if I die, I die. But I have, I, for such a time, I'm called to save and to spare the Jewish people. Well, you know, when we take the attitude that we're going to save, we're going to stand with the Jewish people, what we're saying is that we are standing with our heritage, our legacy from where we came from. If you don't know that you didn't, you didn't come from a Jewish heritage, what you need to understand is that all the Bible is written by a Jew, except for two books, okay? All of it's written by a Jew. Secondly, our Messiah is Jewish. We have a Jewish Messiah. Jesus wasn't a Christian. He was a Jew. Hello, somebody. You know, we're not better than the Jews, but through Christ we've been grafted in so that the covenant of Abraham and the blessing of the Lord can be upon us. So we owe it to them to stand with them. 
We're not only protecting their heritage, we're protecting our heritage. We're not protecting their future, we're protecting our future when we stand. And Esther boldly went into the throne of the king. And she said, if I perish, I perish, but nevertheless for such a time I've been called to do this. I'm here to tell you, body of Christ, just like Esther is the bride of is the type and shadow of the bride of Christ, you are the bride of Christ. And if you'll boldly go to the throne of grace, you're going to find the scepter already extended. But the king's not going to say up to half my kingdom I'm going to give you. The king's going to say all of my kingdom I give unto you. Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout in this place. Because you dare to stand with what God wants you to stand with. You dare to associate with what God wants you to associate with. You dare to say, hey, Israel, the Jewish people, they're the apple of God's eye. That means pupil. I want to let you know something. You start poking the pupil of God's eye, and God's going to react. Come on, somebody. Whose side do you want to be on when God's vengeance comes up down on this earth? I'm going to be on God's side. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So don't let fear get into your life. The Bible tells us many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. In fact, there are some of you who are going to walk through afflictions and not even know it because the blessing of God is going to be up on your life. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.